Ready? Yes. Somebody pray for us. Father, we thank you for this day to worship you and ask for you to bless George as he teaches and that we might learn about glorifying you and enjoying you forever. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, good. Um, we all know the catechism question says what our purpose is in life. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And uh, that is so far away from the purpose statement of Natural man, obviously, but even many Christians don't think about it. My purpose in life is to glorify God. Uh, you know, the, the Bill of Rights says our purpose is to have life, liberty, and pursue happiness, and it's certainly. A lot of American Christians do that. So we talked about our purpose to glorify God, to worship God, to enjoy this God whom we call Father. But how do we do that? So behind the purpose is the how. And we've been looking at some scripture verses past few weeks of how do we glorify God? What does scripture tell us? So a couple of weeks ago, we looked at by confessing our sin, admitting we're wrong, brings glory to God. Um, we admit that he's God his law is good. We were wrong. We need his mercy and his forgiveness. And even if there are consequences, as there were for Achan, this brings glory to God. Then we looked at, we glorify God, Romans 4.20, by believing God. And his word. And that um, if his word is true, infallible, inspired, inerrant, we do an injustice to God by not believing it, not believing his promise, by living in unbelief. And if we're honest, we have to confess uh, a lot of times we have a hard time believing things are true or that God is faithful or that he doesn't tell lies. You could probably think of that in your life. Um, now, point five or whatever it is on your outline, uh, we glorify God by bearing fruit. And we started to look at this 
last week. So somebody read uh, John 15, 8, if you have it. All right, thanks. Well, that's a pretty clear statement. Mm -hmm. To glorify God is you do so by bearing fruit. So that passage is telling us you are branches connected to me, the true vine. You're not connected to false vines, but to me. And because you're connected to me, it brings glory to my Father, to God, by bearing fruit. So that's the, the basic statement. But now, let's ask the question, what does it mean to bear fruit? What do you think? Well, that's like one of those things like, praise God. Well, what does it mean to praise God? What does the Bible say about that? Well, if we are to glorify God by bearing fruit, what does that mean? Well, I thought if you just have a tree with leaves, like that's a farmer, you don't have anything. Okay, so that's that's a good point. So, <clears throat> and uh, I remember one time uh, our friend Dale Cutcher preached a sermon on uh, the leafy bush, the withered fig. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He asked the people, "Are you a merely leafy Christian?" But um, it's been a while since I, heard I was going to mention that passage. Yes, that's, here's a fig tree. It's got all kinds of leaves. But Jesus is upset because there's no fruit. He was hungry. Um, what I remember is the, uh, the head of the deacon board come to me during evangelism training time and saying, Mark, I'm here because I want to be more than a leafy Christian. Okay, so that's a good point. Um, the leafy Christian is still alive, connected to the branch, to the vine, Jesus. But where's the fruit in our lives? Yes. Do you have the, the outline sheet? We're at point E. Okay, so um, 
So bearing fruit, what does this mean? Well, think, in, basically, there's fruits that are like attitudes, and there's fruits that are like action, active. It's not passive. Um, so to, to go to what you said, Paula, the most obvious aspect of bearing fruit is Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which says what? We should be able to quote this one. Love, joy, peace, patience, something, and self-control. Yes, there's nine segments, but it's the fruit of what? The Spirit. The Spirit. And we studied this more in depth a couple years ago, but just to remember, it's one singular fruit. Like with, with nine segments. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit wants to produce in each Christian, mm -hmm. in each church, this fruit of holiness. This is fruit that's identified with godliness or Christ-like character. Jesus was full of the Spirit. If we look at Jesus as our example, this is the fruit of his life. Now, if it's one fruit with many segments, it's not like Jamal has love and Paul has joy and you have peace and you have kindness and you have another put it all together we're not doing too bad that's not what's implied what's implied is the Holy Spirit wants to produce all nine segments in each of us and in each Christian church Yes, that's a good illustration. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this fruit is both active, we act on it, like I used to be married. I said to my wife, I love you, but then I didn't give her grocery money, take care of the house, do all the things a husband's supposed to do. That's not really love, is it? It's just mere words. So, it goes beyond just an attitude and thinking about it. But it's active. We're active in love. We're active to pursue joy or kindness or gentleness. Now, it's helpful to think that each of those segments, what's the opposite of that segment? So the opposite of love. I think it's apathy. 
Well, on the far end, it's hatred. Definitely. But the middle ground can be apathy and indifference. So again, if I as a husband, so wow, I don't care what my kids do. That's not <coughs> biblical love. God loved the world by giving his son. He acted for our benefit and to his glory. Well, in Hebrews, it talks about that, but that's true. But indifference and apathy, not true biblical love. You know, what's the opposite of, being, of kindness? Being mean, maybe, or rude. What's the opposite of gentleness? Being harsh. Yeah. Proverbs 31 says, A law of kindness is in her lips, and none of her steps shall fly. So if you speak to people roughly all the time, I think that's like. Right. So, what's the opposite of these fruits, these segments? The Holy Spirit is always wanting to move us. From that direction toward God-like behavior. So how can I grow in love toward God and toward people to do great commandments? How can I move toward kindness and not harshness? So think about it. So that's one way we bear fruit. We display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as Christians. Um, I want to speak to say something. I knew a lady who Dr. Laura Roy, and she was a beautiful woman. And I asked her, like, why your self-control left? And she said, well, you know, I'm sure you said, you'll be working on self-control to the day the Lord called you home. Well, none of them. None of them come easy. Uh -huh. well, she and they all, they all basically flow out of the first segment mm -hmm. of love. If you think about mm -hmm. kindness, gentleness, control. Mm -hmm. All right. So, am I bearing fruit of the Spirit? You have to ask yourself this. How am I doing on these segments? Is my life glorifying God? Or is it not glorifying God? It's a good point. And that's, you know, in Galatians 5, the contrast is the deeds of the flesh, this long list of sin, which if the Christian is practicing that, it's definitely grieving the Spirit. So it's good to keep that in mind. The whole chapter is helpful. 
So um, let's move on to the next point. Um, think on that. Ask the Spirit to help you. How can I grow in these segments? Where am I lacking? What do I have to change to glorify God in this matter? But we also bear fruit by some other practices in Scripture. So let's uh, read Romans 1.13. But now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. So, Paul can't come to visit the Roman church yet. In fact, he doesn't get there of his own volition. He gets there through imprisonment. But the basic thing that's implied there, I've been preaching the gospel all across Asia, and churches are being established. People are being converted. I want to come and preach in Rome, in Italy, and win souls in that territory, just like I did in the other places. I long to do the work of evangelism. So this is not stated outright. But it's kind of implied that if we do the work of evangelism, which doesn't mean we force somebody to say a sinner's prayer, but it means we witness and explain the gospel. And God's Spirit moves that person to repentance and faith. But that brings glory to God because it builds his church and people who were outside the kingdom come into the kingdom. They were outside his family and come into a relationship with God and are no longer enemies. That's glorifying to God when we do the work of evangelism. Isn't that what the Great Commission is about? Isn't the Great Commission make disciples, go, teach, preach, baptize, disciple what? Just a couple people. Thank you. No. Disciple the nations. Now, that doesn't mean we all back up and leave Upper Darby and go somewhere else. Some people do that. But bear fruit where you live. Make disciples. So, uh, any comments on Think about, we bear fruit by winning souls. Mm -hmm. 
there are also some kinds of changes in behavior. We didn't have a car, and if I remember when we got one, we used to have on the back of our bumpers, I'm just lucky and so it is. But every once in a while, one of the drivers would really irk my husband, and he would say things. I said, I think we need to take that off our bumper. Because when another driver bothers you, I don't think I would want Christ listening to what you tell him back. So he yeah, was well. kind of sad. He didn't want them to know we were Christians. Because, now, he worked on not getting annoyed, but he chose taking the sign off. And again, to go back to the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Scott cuts me off. I yell at him. I'm gesturing. That's not love, is it? It's not kindness. Well, he wouldn't do a gesture, but he would do words that were Well, that's right. That's point E2. What'd you say, Tom? That's uh, point E2. It's about the work of the Spirit. Oh, okay. But E1 is about evangelism. I was going to say earlier, George, and then I, I looked and saw that you were pointing it off of Romans one thirteen, but um, that's a lot of the point in John uh, fifteen eight. I mean, it's not only evangelism, but that is the <clears throat> fruit that remains is the souls that are that are one with Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how are we doing time, William? You have three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. Um, Philippians four seventeen. Somebody has that. I might have, I have 417 in my master notes, but. Yeah, in, seven, in seven seven well, no, I just checked. Okay. What does it say? Yeah, not that I seek the gifts, but I, well, the context is he's saying, in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessities. That's verse 16, verse 17, not that I seek the gifts, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Okay, so, the Philippian church sent money to help those in need. Now, Paul said it wasn't to benefit me, but it benefited you, Philippians. It was fruit to your account. Yes, loving giving of their time and resources and money. Um, It's not like we're trying to earn favor with God. But the kind of the point is that you're bringing glory to God by sharing your your resources and goods and money and love. You're not being selfish, but you care for the rest of the church. You're caring for your neighbor. We saw this in Acts chapter 2. What did the Christians do? Uh, is that where they gave 
They fed each other. They sold property, gave the money to the apostles. And it says, there says, there were not like people in need. The church was taking care of its people. So, Paul is saying, it was good for the Philippians. It was fruit, so to speak, to their account that they practiced loving giving and generosity and hospitality. And had an impact on the salvation of some priests. Oh. All right, well, let's stop there today. We'll pick it up again next week or so.